Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. This month we'll be focusing on kindness in an exciting Kindness Matters series. After all, kindness is strength, kindness is compassion, kindness is essential to long and lasting connections to our family, friends, co-workers, and all of our human relations. As a special thank you to our listeners, please visit christinecarlson.com forward slash kindness for a free download of an invigorating guided meditation by Christine, an exclusive sneak peek of Christine's meditation series, releasing soon. Hi, and welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Well, before we continue our series with Kindness Matters, I will take us through a golden pause, and then we'll introduce a very special friend in. So wherever you are, just sit comfortably with your legs uncrossed and your palms open on your lap. And if you're driving, just pay close attention to the road. All right, let's begin. So go ahead and sit comfortably, but with your shoulders back and a little bit of a majestic stance, a little sitting majestically, and just begin to breathe, breathe and relax. And as you breathe in, allow your chest and your belly to expand, taking in the maximum amount of air. And as you exhale, just let go, let out a sigh of relief. Ah, and then go ahead and breathe in. This time breathing in golden sunlight all the way to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. Pure golden sunlight. And as you exhale, let go and relax deeper. This time as you breathe in, Breathe in love. Picture pink, yummy love all through your core, all through your heart, through your whole body. Pure love. And as you exhale, let go of fear, let go of tension. Let your shoulders go, let your arms go, let your butt go, let your legs be heavy, just let go and relax. This time as you breathe in, place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart, and just spend a moment thinking of something that you feel incredibly grateful for. Could be a person's face, it could be something somebody recently said, something you did. And just spend a moment just breathing in that pure, gratitude. And if it feels right, go ahead and let a smile come across your face. Mm. Feels so wonderful to tune into our gratitude. This time as you breathe in, one deep last golden breath. As you exhale, go ahead and open your eyes. Well, as you know, this is um, this interview we're about to do is part of our Kindness Matters series, and I love these series because it allows us to really dive deep into a topic and and hit all the different categories. So today, 
I really want to talk about how kindness matters in your marriage, how it matters in your personal relationships, how it matters with raising your children. Probably with your school teachers raising your children and all your community too. So we have a really special guest, a really dear friend of mine, Amy Ehlers, wake-up call coach Amy Ehlers. That's what I've always called her, author and founder of the Mama Truth Circle. Amy is the best-selling author of Big Fat Lies, Women Tell Themselves, and Reform Your Inner Mean Girl, Seven Steps to Stop Bullying Yourself and Start Loving Yourself. Amy is on a mission to stop women and moms from being so darn hard on themselves. Yay, Amy. She's been a certified life coach for over 17 years and is the co-creator of the transformational programs such as Intermingle Reform School and Find Your Calling and Visionary Ignition Switch. Amy's been featured on lots of TV and radio shows and leads virtual and in-person retreats for women around the world so they cultivate the courage to follow their inner wisdom. Amy is passionate about helping soulful mamas embrace the messiness and magic of motherhood, and she does it so well. In her truth-telling sanctuary and facilitated mom support group, Mama Truth Circle, and new and notable podcast, Mama Truth Show. Most mornings, you'll find Amy doing a dance party with her husband and daughters with a pile of dirty dishes in the sink, she resides in the San Francisco Bay Area with her family and Rescue Mutt Batman. Hey, Amy, welcome. Hello. Oh my gosh, I'm all zenned out after that golden pause. That was good. Yay. All right, sweetheart. Well, it's so wonderful to have you on. One of the oh. sunshine people on the planet I call Amy. <laughs> We're in the sunshine tribe. You and me, Chris. We are. We are sunshine girls. That is so true. Well, I just had the pleasure of going on a march with Amy this past weekend, the Women's March. We did that together with some friends, and that was really, really special. And Amy, weren't you? I was a little bit nervous at first going because I didn't know I didn't know if it was going to be so kind and so friendly, but it certainly was, wasn't it? It was. Oh my gosh! It was a beautiful day. Yeah, I mean, it really embodied kindness. It embodied the feminine. It embodied, um, you know, it was interesting. I was, so I brought my, my oldest daughter. I have two daughters. I have Annabella, who's nine years old and in fourth grade. And then my youngest, Evie Rose, who's going to be three soon. And I brought Annabella with me, with Chris and a group of people. And um, it was really, really interesting because I was asking her afterwards some of the things that I was just like, so what did you learn by being at this March today? And she said, well, one of the things I learned is that you can be really, really angry and not be violent. Oh, nice. And I was like, oh, that is so good to learn that, you know, because there was like, there was the broad, a broad range. Like there was a women that were angry and had signs that had the F word on it. And, you know, all these kind of yeah, things. there was some pretty right? vulgar there some signage. There could, there were some pretty vulgar signage. Yes, at some point. there was some extra, you know, <laughs> R-rated, you know, whatever <laughs> signage. Um, yeah. And some of it was with very good humor with some interesting pussy drawings and that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but I would say that was about 10%. I felt like 90% of the signage that was there was very positive. Me that was too. very and kindness space, which is the, you know, the signs that my daughter and I made, but I just thought that was so beautiful to also realize there's a way that we can be kind with our anger 
yes. and a way that we can express our anger in a way that is kind and respectful to other people. And I loved that she got that from the March. I love that too. And I was thinking a lot about, you know, what the March meant for me, because I, I don't like, um, violence at all. I don't choose to be in crowds that are going to be like way loud or, you yeah. know, too violent or anything. And so I, I was, you know, I, I, but I went because whether you were a Trump supporter or not, it, it, it didn't matter, you know, because it was really just about standing for civil rights, you know, and, and for, and really taking a stand in solidarity. And I really, really think it was a great, um, healing opportunity, you know, because the campaign was really messy and it was, yeah. it brought out a lot of these, you know, fears that people have about their human rights. I, I thought that this was a really wonderful healing step. I agree. Forward. So I just, if you are a Trump supporter, you know, I hope that you didn't take this personally because, you know, it really, if there hadn't been so many derogatory mar- remarks toward women and toward races throughout the campaign, you know, which were pretty in black and white on Donald Trump, you know, and hopefully he's really reformed his speak and he's, you know, he's, he's really seems that he's, you know, doing his best to hold office really well. I, you know, I just, I want to hold the best for him, but I, I don't want you to take this personally, but people, a lot of people said, well, how come, you know, how come people didn't march? We didn't march after Obama, but, you know, Obama wasn't, there wasn't that kind of derogatoriness toward Obama in his campaign. You know, the reason yeah. why people stood up is because there's a real threat to the rights that people really believe that we've worked so hard for the last 50 years to attain. So that's my last piece, but I just want to say it really was very kind. And, and I, I love that because that's what I had hoped that everyone would do uh, would be to stand in kindness and stand in grace through that March. And they certainly did. Mm, Yeah, it was good. A perfect, perfect for the kindness matters series for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So I wanted to have you on Amy because um, because of your Mama Truth Circle, and because you know you're you've been a life coach for 17 years, and you know wanted to have you really talk about you know you know and I got to see you in action. I've seen you in action as a mom and heard your mom's stories over the years. But it, you are really so kind to your children, but mm-hmm. you know lovingly kind. And I want to talk a, a lot about how much kindness matters in parenting and also how kindness matters in your relationship to your husband as well. Because, yeah. you know, over the long haul of a long-term relationship, I know that um, Richard and I, that's what we always felt that couples especially, you can lose that um, feeling of kindness over time if you don't have this really high degree of respect for each other. And, yeah. and that one of the things that we had identified in Don't Split the Small Stuff in Love was that you always have to treat your spouse or partner like you would treat a friend, a really good friend. Like you would never like, you'd never attack a really good friend and expect your friendship to last, right? <laughs> right. Totally. So like you have to be really kind, you know, when you suggest something to your partner, you know, even if it's a, a strong suggestion, you know, there's just this level of kindness that always needs to be there. And, and that's what really helps to um, create that long and lasting loving connection that, that eludes so many people. So let's go ahead and launch into kindness and parenting first. Tell me about how, how important is that to you in your, in your, in your mamahood? 
Yeah. I mean, it's honestly one of the top values for me is to have a home where we have kindness towards each other and to raise children that are kind to others. And I think kindness is just such a beautiful word for it. It really captures the essence of what I want. I don't want my girls to be doormats, right? I don't want them to be walked all over in life. I want them to be able to stand up for themselves and to speak their truth and to do it with kindness and respect for other people Mm -hmm. and to be compassionate human beings and to be kind towards themselves. I mean, that's where it all stems from, right, Chris? It's like, you know, when I look at any of the kids that are, um, you know, Annabella last year had a situation on a team, a sports team she was on where a little girl was bullying her and being really cruel and really mean to her. And Bella and I had a lot of conversations about you know, that people hurt people when they're hurting Mm -hmm. and when they're not being kind to themselves. And if you are being kind to yourself and loving towards yourself, you don't say cruel and horrible things to people. You might have moments where you slip up and you make a mistake, but you wouldn't really bully someone else and come from that space if you're being kind towards yourself. And so I think that self-kindness is really the root of all of it And I know for myself as a mom, like if I am losing it with my kids or losing it with my husband, I know it's like a huge red flag to me that I'm, there's something going on with me about me, Mm -hmm. that there's something that I need to clean up inside myself of some place where I'm feeling like I'm not respecting myself, where I'm not loving myself, where I'm not practicing loving kindness towards myself. (laughs) Like that's always the first place because boy, that's when I lash out is when my cup is not full, which is my responsibility as a mom and as a human being on this planet, right? Yeah. And boy, I'll dread it anyways, but our kids are just such a reflection of where we are in in ourselves and especially (sighs) small children, you know, (laughs) (laughs) dread, darn, they're such a mirror, you know, and you can always say, oh my God, my kids are driving me crazy. They're just this and that. And then and, and you can almost be 100% sure that they're mirroring, mirroring something in you, and you may not even be aware of it or see it or be able to acknowledge it. But chances are, if you're really frazzled, you know, and you're upset or you're trying to get out the door or you're doing anything, your kid is usually going to mirror that energy to, back to you. And, you know, and that's when, if you can, you know, what would you suggest moms do in those situations, Amy? Yeah. Well, it's funny because I'm just remembering when we were leaving for the March, which I was super stressed about that. Cause I was I've been like, cord, like the coordination queen for like 25 people. And I was getting text messages and this and that, whatever. And as you remember, Chris, my little girl, Evie, my youngest was like crying for 45 minutes straight. And I'm like, what is happening? It was over her tea set, but it clearly <laughs> wasn't just about her tea set. Like she, you know, she'll cry sometimes, but honestly, I don't think she's ever done that before. And later I was like, that was all me. That was all because mama was a mess in that moment. And I was so stressed about getting there and getting to the march and getting to the meetup spot. And I, I didn't feel like I could tell you were stressed, but boy, we can't hide that from our children. They I know. know. Oh my God. I was, I, yeah, I was, I was stressed for a lot of that march. I will say just on a personal level. Cause we never found my mom until later. Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, cause I was like so excited to have three generations marching together and we finally did hook up, but it was mayhem when we first got there. And I, you know, it it was such a a powerful reflection. And I, you know, I had to really, 
I wish I would have used the tools that I teach and that I use better on that day. You did actually. I mean, I, I really, I thought you did a beautiful job because you you sat down with her, you held her on your lap, you tried to talk her through it. You know, you were kind the entire time. I mean, I I was pretty kind. I was very kind. I don't think that necessarily was unkind, but I was definitely having an internal thing. And I think that that was very reflected in Evie Rose's experience in that morning and just, and just all of the energy about the inauguration and like, and the March and all of that. Right. So, you know, I, I really feel like in those moments when the stress is happening, when, you know, like I, I can't tell you how many times I've been rushing to get Annabella to school or Evie to her little nanny show that she does a few days a week or whatever it is. And I've gotten in the car and realized that it was like I ran a marathon for Uh the last hour trying to get breakfast (laughs) and lunch together, all that. And I get in the car and I just say to my girls, okay, we're going to take three deep breaths before mama starts the car. Mm. Like just in that moment, we're taking three deep breaths. Let's reset our energy. Mm. Like that's one of my favorites is just let's reset our energy here Mm. and teaching my girls about that, having an energy reset, reminding myself about that, especially before I start driving a vehicle, you know, it's like, okay, let's have a reset and get that, you know, this is not a life or death situation, even though we've gone into fight or flight inside our, you know, fight, flight or freeze inside our systems. And once we're in that and the cortisol levels in our brains are going haywire, it's hard to come back to kindness when we're Mm. in that. And breath is such a powerful tool as well as naming it in the moment. Like I've said to my girls so much, like mommy's feeling really frustrated and stressed out right now. I just need to name that for Mm -hmm. myself and for them. Like, this is the truth of what's happening right now. Mom is going to lose her shit any minute. If you girls don't figure out, you know, whatever. But it's like really being able to tell the truth and take some breaths. And we also have um, this little chant that we do when someone's crabby in our family where we go, crabby, crabby, go away. I want to feel happy today. (laughs) (laughs) Crabby, crabby, go away. I want to feel happy today. I'm going to do that. That's a, that's a good one. (laughs) It's good. And we always like, you know, make it so that the fairies are doing it, that we're casting a spell on ourselves to release it. And it also just kind of makes it funny that someone's crabby. For, you know, it's a kind way of saying, I'm calling you out on your crabbiness, child or honey or me, like mommy's feeling crabby and then I'll do it for myself and the girls will join in. And that's just such a fun way to bring some playfulness and some levity to the situation when you're in those moments of chaos, which happen inevitably in oh, life and in motherhood. Oh my goodness. Especially with motherhood. Especially I know, right? with, uh. with raising small kids. I mean... Yeah. And even, you know, even throughout your whole family experience, you know, it's it's important to find that sense of humor and that laughter and be able to, um, yeah, I love that. Calm yourself down. You know, it's always, always about becoming more responsive and less reactive to situations. And I mean, let's face it, when you can reflect, you are going to be more kind. I mean, that's one of the things I always practiced. Um, even with teenage girls, I would, my girls would come in and, I mean, two teenage girls, two and a half years apart, there was always drama, always drama. And oh yeah, and I would just, I remember I would always kind of keep my back to them at first because I just have to close my eyes and breathe. While they're talking, I would be just 
closing my eyes and breathing mm-hmm. and just staying mm-hmm. really calm yeah. and, and, and listening, but, but not listening and getting involved and engaged in the drama, listening from a higher place. And then I yes. always found that if I did that, I would come up with a much more responsive solution because I always felt like, well, if I just get in the dredges, in the trenches with them on this, there's not going to be any wisdom. We're just going to be reacting all over the place, you know? And yeah. I learned that because I got into the trenches plenty of time. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's so easy to go there as with any of the drama, with friends, with, you know, I haven't had to deal with the boys and, you know, all of the romantic relationships yet, but oh my gosh, the girl drama in fourth grade is like, whoa. That's about when it begins. And and that doesn't ever end. I mean, that just goes on and on. I know we still have it as adults. Yeah. You and I, we've been through the girl drama. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, if you're, if you're a working person, you know, you don't escape it at work. If you're in a community of women, you don't escape it in your community of women. I mean, you don't, you just, you don't escape it. That's, it's unfortunate, but true that, you know, where there are, you know, females, there's usually some drama. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Well, and I think, you know, here's the other thing that I feel as a mom is, you know, I don't, I don't like this whole thing of like, we're all friends. You have to be friends with everybody. I actually don't believe that because we're not drawn to everyone. We're not a match to everyone. Mm-hmm. But I always say to my daughters, um, you don't have to be best friends with everybody, but you do have to be kind to everybody yeah. and respect everybody. And there's a difference. Like I'm not going to force my daughter to have a play date with someone that she doesn't want to be friends with, that she just doesn't resonate with. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's, I don't want to be friends with everybody. You don't want to be friends with everybody, but there's a way that we can approach that with absolute kindness and make it so that we're not raising, you know, outer mean girls as well that are being, that think it's okay to be mean or cruel to other people. It's like, no, that's not the way that it goes. So, yeah, I, I think that that's a really important distinction of being kind and then also having your kids feel empowered to be friends with who they feel drawn to be friends with. Yeah. So let's talk about the inner mean girl and all of us for just a yeah. moment, you know, because that's something that you have really specialized in, in your work and, you know, you've, you've done so much with that. When do you think it starts for most people? Yeah. So in the development of the human psyche, usually around age six, like between six and seven is when the inner dialogue starts happening. Up until that point, kids are pretty much in the moment. They're having an experience. They're in the moment. There's not really an internal dialogue. I mean, I see this with my, you know, almost three-year-old. She is in the moment. And if she's in the moment, she is crying. If she's happy, she is like a gleeful, skipping around little bunny. Like it's, you know, she's just there and present. And then around six or seven, we start developing this inner dialogue, which is when the inner critic or for the girls out there, I like to call it inner mean girl. And, you know, we, that's when that development happens. And I really saw that happen, like a light switch flipped on for Annabella when that happened, because up until like kindergarten, going into first grade, I'd be like, do you ever say not nice things to yourself? And she'd kind of look at me like I was nuts. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, mom. (laughs) And then it was like, suddenly it happened. 
And I could really see in her that suddenly there was an inner dialogue happening, an inner struggle happening that, you know, she would say something like, oh, maybe that girl doesn't like me. I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. A lot of just the self-doubt, the self-sabotage even, second-guessing herself. And so right at that young age, I had her, which is what Christina Rello and I teach at Inner Mean Girl Reform School and in our book, Reform Your Inner Mean Girl, we, you know, I had her name, her inner mean girl. I had her draw her inner mean girl. And even more importantly, I had her start learning how to tune in to her inner wisdom, which is that voice of truth, that voice of love that is also available to us anytime. And that has been amazing to watch as she's gone through so many different stages. Um, here, it's just, it's been really, really amazing to watch that kind of unfold. That's beautiful. I know I often, I often will say to my friends, I'll send a text to them if I feel like they're being hard on themselves and I'll be like, in all caps, be nice to you today. Yes. <laughs> be yes. nice to you today. Don't be mean to yourself. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Well, it's so crazy. I mean, if people heard the way that we talk to ourselves, it's just like, oh my goodness, it's insane. We're meaner to ourselves than we would ever be to anybody else. Yeah, that's so true. And and it's like when that inner mean girl is really running amok, that's when we become an outer mean girl and start being like crazy, crabby mommy and like bitchy, horrible wife. That's like nitpicking at her her beloved all the time, you know, and where kindness goes out the window. Yeah. Do you and uh, Rob have any, like, anything, any things that you say to each other to just check each other in line when, when one of you gets unkind? I mean, do you ever have any moments like that? I mean, most marriages do. You know, yeah. I, you know when the, you have your moments, everyone does. And what, what do you guys do to sort of bring yourselves back to a place of, of real, you know, kindness when you're, when you're off balance in your marriage? <laughs> Well, you know, it's so interesting. My husband is like, he's so sweet. I I mean, he He is, is. he is a sweetheart out of this man. I mean, he's such a honey bunny. He is. And so he, you know, I remember one time this was relatively recently. I was, you know, sitting on the couch. I'd had a couple glasses of wine. I was like feeling pretty disgusted with myself for whatever reason. I was being really internally beating myself up. And he turns to me and I said, how can you, I don't, I don't even understand how you can watch me. Like, I I feel so disgusting right now. And, and he just looks at me and he's like, honey, I know your heart. And I was just like, I've never felt so loved. It was just like his unconditional love (laughs) was just so beautiful in that moment. It was like, whatever behaviors you're doing, whatever way you're to feel disgusting, like whatever it is, like, I know your heart, I know who you are. And it was like, you know, so he has kindness goggles when it comes to the world, really. I mean, he's just such a loving, kind man, which is one of the reasons I married him. And believe me, I went through my fair share of bad boys and guys that were not kind (laughs) prior to him. But I, you know, so it's like, I have such a beautiful mirror around that. And so he is really, and, and you know, and early on in our relationship, he said something really interesting to me. We've been together for over 17 years now. And, you know, early on in our relationship, he said, I love you so much, but I love myself more. Oh. 
And I was like, I am so glad because he is so sweet. I was a little worried. I was like, I don't want to like walk over this sweet man and not like, like have it be the Amy show a hundred percent of the time. because <laughs> He's much more introverted than I am. I, you know, all of that. And I got like, oh no, this man has very deep a level of self-love and a very deep level of self-confidence in himself. And I think part of that too, is because he's such an incredible musician and he mm. knew that from such a young age. I feel like people that were given like God given gifts that show up and are undeniable from an early age. That's one of the things that I feel like really happens for them too, is there's this sense of self Mm. and the sense of expression that Rob has. That's really interesting to me. It's one of the reasons I find him so attractive is it's like, oh, he just has this gift and he knows that about himself and it's not egotistical. It's not, he's never been a show off ever. But I mean, we put that man behind a drum set, watch out. It's crazy. This whole other side of him comes out. So yeah, I mean, I think that that's like one of those, those um, shortcuts for us is I know your heart. Mm. And, and also, we also will in those moments when we're kind of in it, we'll also touch each other on our heart sometimes of like, Hey, what's going on in there? Like what's happening over there? Um, and that can be a real moment where the kindness comes back in for sure. Yeah, and sometimes kindness is also just offering your presence without saying anything. It's just yeah. it's cutting your partner some slack and realizing they're just having a low mood and, and just not taking it personally, you know, just, yeah. just giving them a space to be themselves without expecting them to be a certain way to, you know, facilitate your happiness. You know, it's like sometimes yes. kindness is just allowing people to be where they are. Yes. I feel like kindness and radical acceptance go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's so true. And I feel like, yeah. Kindness is at the very basis of unconditional love. It's Mm -hmm. it's definitely at the basis of love that I had one of my friends, she's a mindfulness teacher, um, Dr. Shana Shapiro. And she said, kindness is her religion. And I love that, you know, kindness is her religion. It, It really could be a religion Especially yeah. because it it requires you to just be super aware, super mindful, and approach life from a different place, a place of pure respect and of pure love for people and, and for things and for animals and and for Mother Earth and Father Sky and for the whole thing. So, yeah. well, well, Amy, what if there was a random act of kindness? Do you have a favorite one that you like to practice? Ooh. Um, ooh, 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 ooh. Let me think about that one for a moment. I'll share, I'll share one of mine. One yeah, of yeah, mine, please. One of mine that I often do is I always look around at the grocery store and I think if someone in line here or behind me is in a much bigger hurry than I am, then I'm right. always going to let them go ahead of me. And, yeah. and I always ask, you know, if somebody looks like they're in a hurry, I always ask, would you like to go ahead of me? It's such a simple thing to do. But I'm telling you, people, they, they, yeah. they, they go, wow, that is so nice. Yeah. You know, I mean, just, just something really simple. And another thing that I've done before is, um, uh, you know, paid for somebody's gas that they didn't have any money for gas. This woman walked up to me once and she said, she, and I'll do things like that a lot. Like she said, yeah. well, I don't have any money for gas. Um, and I said, fine, you know, I'm happy to, I'm, I'm happy to pay for your gas. I'm not going to give you cash, but I'll pay, I'll pay for some of your gas. And I would put 10 bucks in her gas yeah. tank. Yeah. That's beautiful. 
Yeah. I mean, I feel like, um, there's a couple things that come to mind for me. One is, I, I love that about the grocery store. I try to do that too, unless I'm with my kids and then I'm like, I'm sorry, <laughs> no, I'm getting you're the out woman. Here. You don't yeah, even want exactly. to see what's going to happen here. Um, <laughs> but like simple things too, like when you were driving on the road of like letting people go in front of you, of not being like, I need to be one car ahead. You know, if there's a merging happening, allowing that to happen and really getting that, I don't know what's going on in that car. I don't know why that person's driving like a maniac, mm-hmm. like trying to really just be kind when I'm on the road for sure. That's wonderful. Yeah. And I think the other thing too is, you know, an act of kindness is I try to really acknowledge people and including my daughter's friends. Mm-hmm. So like when they come over to the house, like, like one of my daughter's really good um, friends called the other day and I was like, ah, oh, you are just such a little beam of sunshine. I am so glad my daughter's friends with you. I'm so Aww. glad, you know, and like really letting, the, you know, the kids in your life, whether your own children or your children's friends, like acknowledging them and seeing them for who they are and saying something about it. Mm. And the same thing with my, my, with my girls, teachers too, of like, you are such a gift to us. Thank you so much. Like expressing that to the teachers, we have this little nanny share that Evie does too, like saying to her, you are such a, a, like, you're such a blessing in our life. We're so grateful for you. And saying and speaking those things and speaking those gratitudes, I feel like are, go beyond anything, go beyond any tip that you can give someone, you know, or saying like to that person, like you're doing such a great job, especially if you're like at, you know, the airport and the line is out the window and the flight got canceled and like looking the flight attendant in the eye and being like, you're doing an awesome job. Thank Mm. you. You know, I feel like just meeting people where they are is like one of the greatest acts of kindness we can do and acknowledging their humanness. Well, I love that. That's that's absolutely a, a beautiful way to segue into our closing of this show. Amy Ehlers, how can people find you? What, how can they find out more about you? What is your website that you drive people to? Yeah, so you can check me out at wakeupcallcoach.com. And at wakeupcallcoach.com, you'll find out about all sorts of things that are going on, including the Mama Truth Circle and Mama Truth Show, as well as Intermingle Reform School and some of the other things that we talked about here today. So you can just head on over to wakeupcallcoach.com. Thank you so much, Amy Ehlers, for being on the Kindness Matters series. I think that you gave some amazing tips um, for parents, for students, for relationship and for just being an overall kind person. So I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be on this series. My pleasure, honey. Anything, anything for you. I love you you too. And if you are a um, podcast subscriber to Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Step, thank you so much for coming back again. And if you're new, I hope you come back and listen some more and A random act of kindness for the Kindness Matters series would be to maybe share this podcast with your friends. If you found it has helped you or inspired you, then go ahead and and pass it along. All right. I want to thank you, everyone. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff with Christine Carlson. Christine invites you to join her in a series of guided meditations coming soon to christinecarlson.com. As a thank you for joining us today, the first meditation is yours free. Just visit christinecarlson.com forward slash kindness to download it now.